You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident panelist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore data. Well, I want to start off today with um, something I was thinking about, mostly because it keeps popping up on social media and it keeps annoying me, and so I want to comment on it. One of the things that dawned on me several years ago was I, I, you know, people always used to say never draft kickers, punters, blah, 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 blah. and so I real quick, because I wanted to dispel that myth, because obviously I'm pro special teams. I think kickers and punters and returners and all these guys are important. I think we learned that, although we still don't know that. We learned it, but we don't know it. In other words, as much as everybody hated being one of the worst special teams units in NFL history and how much we loved the massive improvements we've made. I guarantee you Packer fans still don't want to invest in the, in any of these positions in the draft. Anyways, that's an aside. I wanted to look at all the different kickers to prove that drafting kickers was a good idea. And so I just clicked on a bunch of kickers, all the best ones, to see when they were drafted. And lo and behold, almost all of them were undrafted free agents. And my first reaction was, well, crap. But after... A few seconds, it dawned on me that I was thinking about this incorrectly. If you have, let's just say, 32 kickers, and only two of them were drafted, that doesn't mean that you are, have a significantly better chance of finding a uh, good kicker who is an undrafted free agent than a drafted kicker. What you'd have to do is determine how many kickers get drafted compared to how many undrafted free agent kickers there are. So if the pool is let's say 100 kickers that are undrafted free agents and only, you know, over the last 10 years or something, it's probably more than that, but let's say we go back 10 years and you have five kickers that got drafted and you have 100 kickers that, went under, that were undrafted free agents that tried for teams. And of that pool, five of the drafted kickers, or no, what did I say? There were, let's say one of the drafted kickers ended up being a starter and uh, 10 of the undrafted free agent guys get jobs. You're looking at a 25% shot of making it as a drafted kicker. I'm already forgetting all the numbers. But you, you, you get the point, right? It, it's, it's the wrong way to look at it to say most undrafted free agent kickers, or most kickers are undrafted free agents, therefore you, you're wasting a pick by taking a kicker. 
because you're doing the math wrong. Because what you're not looking at is how many fail. So just because you can look at, you know, a pool of five kickers and say, dang, man, like two or three of these guys failed. And most of the kickers in the NFL are undrafted free agents. Therefore, no, 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 no. Three kickers that were drafted failed. Let's, let's just call it roughly 50%. But 95% of the undrafted free agent kickers don't pan out. If you look at it from that standpoint, you have a significantly higher or better chance of finding a quality kicker by drafting one. Now, those aren't exact numbers. I'm making it up, but I'm using that as an example um, to kind of get into another topic. And that is the people who love to scream that paying attention to the uh, meetings that the Packers take is stupid. Let me give you an example. I saw this topic come up a little while ago talking about, you know, um, the it's useless to look at the meetings that the Packers hold because the vast majority never end up getting drafted. But that isn't the question. So for example, um, I saw somebody had highlighted this. Paul Brettle tracked the uh, who the Packers met with at the Combine last year, and he only had a list of 10. But here's the list. George Pickens, Jamison Williams, Daniel Bellinger, Chris Olave, Jalen Weidermeyer, Obina Eze, Cade Mays, Abraham Lucas, Tyler Lindebaum, and Rashid Walker. Now, most people, what most people love to do is to look at this list and say, this is evidence of how stupid people are for actually using this and believing that this is a some kind of a guide to who the Packers are going to draft. They met with George Pickens, didn't draft him. Met with Williams, didn't draft him. Met with Bellinger, didn't draft him. Olave, didn't draft him. Weidermeyer, didn't draft him. Aze, didn't draft him. Mays, Lucas, Linderbaum, didn't draft him. The only guy they drafted was Rasheed Walker. Okay, well, here's, here's my question. That's one in 10. How many draft eligible players are there? What, 600, 700? How many did we draft? 11? So you're looking at about, we drafted about 2% of the total pool. Even if you want to look at how many actually got drafted and just disregard the undrafted free agents, we had 11 picks, which is way more than the average. Typically you get seven, first, second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, right? That's the average is seven picks. Well, plus the, uh, whatever. I don't know. Maybe it's eight or nine or something. I don't know. But we had 11. It was a massive number. But out of the 261 picks, roughly, I don't know. That's how many there are this year. I'm not going to look up last year's. That would account for about, we had 4% of the pool. Typically, you have about 3%, one in, one in 32, 3.2%. We had 4%. So we drafted 4% of the prospects, but we drafted 10% of the people that we met with at the combine. So it's true that you can't use this list as who they're going to draft Obviously, because there's no possible way we could draft Olave and Pickens and Jamison Williams and Tyler Linderbaum. Obviously. But the point is, the statistical odds go up when they meet with somebody as compared to the rest of the field. So, for example, if this was a, if you wanted to use this as like a, a, a gambling resource, every single name on this list, the odds go up for the Packers to draft. Not above 50%, certainly, but if they're sitting at whatever percentage it is, 2%, 3% that they draft them, it would go up to 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10%. I, I mean, I guess if we're just using this based on that, it's 10%. It's a big jump, but there's more because this is just the combine meetings. Evan Tex Western wrote an article for SB Nation, Packers 2022 pre-draft visits, tracking the top 30 and virtual meetings. So you get your sort of like after this process, you get your uh, top 30 meetings. I don't know exactly. I don't remember. I got to relearn all these things. But you, you, you get like these 
in-person additional meetings that you get to do. Here's the full list. Ready? Traylon Burks, Sam Williams, Tyquan Thornton, Valus Jones, George Pickens, right? And as you go through the list, it's like, see, we didn't draft any of these guys. This is stupid. Continuing on, Josh Thompson, Eric Carpenter, Samore Ture, Devontae Wyatt, Abraham Lucas, Christian Watson, Perry and Winfrey, uh, Bam Olasini, Jaquan Brisker, Rashid Walker, Kevin Atkins, Romeo Dobbs, John Fitzpatrick, Tyler Smith, Darian Kennard, Ed Ingram, Drake Jackson, Kyron, blah, 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 blah. That's 50% of the guys we drafted were in our top 30 visits. That's five out of 11 we brought in to get a closer look at. And by the way, now we're up to almost 17%. We drafted 17% of this list. I'm guessing this is unusually high, but to pretend that this list means nothing because we didn't draft most of the list is insane. Well, we didn't draft George Pickens. We didn't draft Valus Jones. We didn't draft Tyquan Thornton. We didn't draft Traylon Burks. We didn't draft Josh Thompson. We didn't draft Abraham Lucas. If that's how you view this, first of all, you suck at math. But second of all, you're just going to be way off on on your assessment of things. So the point is, the the meetings don't mean nothing. And to, to pretend that Every time they have a meeting and somebody says, oh, dang, they met with this guy, and your immediate response is to try to sound like the smartest guy in the room by going, it doesn't mean anything, you got to stop doing that. Because you're right. It's not a above 50% chance that they're going to draft them simply because they met with them. But the odds go up. And in the case of the top 30 visits from uh, last year, they go up significantly from 4% to 17%. And you got to understand, I don't think anybody's actually saying that because they met with them, they're going to draft them. That doesn't make any sense. You can't draft everybody that you meet with. That's insane. But the odds do go up. And, and it makes sense that it does. Because if, let's just put it in, in the simplest terms. If somebody is off your board, are you going to meet with them? No. And so just mathematically, that's going to improve your odds by knowing that at the very least, the person that they met with isn't off the board. Now, maybe he put himself off the board by something he said in the meeting. But you at least know that this is somebody they'd be willing to. There's nothing about their size or anything like that. There, you know, there's some guys that ran horrific forty times. You know, maybe something to do with injury history or whatever that the Packers just won't touch them. If they're not going to touch them, they're not going to bother meeting with them to see if they'd be a good fit for the locker room. So, if nothing else, just from that standpoint, but also they're just going to be more likely to want to draft somebody if they had a good meeting with them. I mean, how many times have we heard that we? You talk about um, people that they drafted. Why? Because they're a good fit for the locker room, their personality, all this stuff. Well, how are they going to know that if they don't meet with them? How are they going to be able to check every single box, especially the one about locker room and fit and all that kind of stuff, as far as scheme fit and everything else, if you're not sitting down and talking to them? What, something you heard through the grapevine? Informal meetings as you pass them in the hallway? Like, hey, man, I'm from the Packers. I got a list of seven questions. You want to walk with me for a second? No? Okay, well, eh, can I I get you to draw a play on this whiteboard for me real quick? Thank you. It doesn't mean nothing. Still really low odds. Again, 17% is is low, but it's a lot higher than everybody else. And so this year, uh, Paul Brettel, again, did his combine meeting tracker. Now, again, last time he only had 10 names. This time he has 25. If there's still that 10% hit, you're talking somewhere between two and three of these players uh, the Packers would potentially draft. Quentin Johnston, Mozzie Smith, Jordan Battle, Brian Branch, J.L. Skinner, 
uh, Rijan Wright, Christian Gonzalez, Keely Ringo, Lucas Van Ness, Eli Ricks, Jaden Reed, Jackson Smith and Jigba, Dalton Kincaid, Lucas Musgrave, Michael Mayer, Jaron Hall, Tank Dell, Jalen Hyatt, Luke Shoemaker, Darnell Washington, Evan Hull, Cody Mouch, still don't know how to say that dude's name, Paris Johnson, Dewan Jones, Riley Moss. Now, you can certainly rule out several of these players at least being paired together because you're talking guys that would have to go at pick 15 or possibly that potentially would have to go at the second round pick if we wanted to get them. So we're not going to draft Christian Gonzalez and Michael Mayer. And again, obviously, if you look at this list, what you're going to find is a huge list of guys the Packers didn't draft. But you grab any 25 players and you're going to find a huge list of guys that the Packers didn't draft. That's not the point. The point is you grab this list and then you grab a list of 25 different players not on this list. And if I told you that two players are drafted from one of these lists, you have a higher chance of being right if you pick this list as opposed to the random list. That's the point. And if that doesn't mean anything to you, okay, that's fine. I don't know why that wouldn't be interesting to you, but at the very least, you have to stop telling people that it doesn't mean anything. And you got to stop talking about smoke and mirrors because that's just absurd. That they would waste that much energy and put in that much effort to do some kind of weird smoke. Like, what, what would that e- what, what does that even mean? How does that work? That's the thing. Whenever everybody explains these conspiracy theory things, they don't even make sense. Well, they want you to think they're going to draft this guy. Why? Because then we're not going <laughs> to. Okay. I mean, the, the only thing would be, you know, we, we want them to think we're not interested in this guy so that somebody doesn't trade in front of us and draft the guy that we want. Yeah, I think that's pretty weak. Look, if it, let's say you are, for example, um, trying to see who's behind us here. You're Seattle at 20, and you really, really, really want a tight end. If you're the GM of the Packers, are you going to refuse to do any meetings with tight ends to try to give the impression you don't want tight ends in hopes that Seattle's so stupid they don't realize that you need tight ends and won't jump in front of you to get a tight end? They know you need tight ends. And now you just wasted some really great opportunities to meet with the tight ends. They know that you need a tight end. So anyways, just wanted to uh, mention that. With that said, we might as well get into our Aaron Rodgers drama. Uh, There's a new article out by Bleacher Report. NFL trade rumors. Aaron Rodgers' $58 million contract, a roadblock. Teams eye Packers help. Here's the latest I've had a bunch of... Here's the latest. I've had a bunch of calls this morning, said ESPN's Jeremy Fowler uh, on Monday's episode of Get Up. The New York Jets are still in it with Aaron Rodgers, but I've talked to multiple teams in the quarterback market right now who say that Aaron Rodgers' $58 million guaranteed money is an issue. He goes on to say, teams are going to want to rework that or have Green Bay help facilitate, maybe eating some of the money. And so that is a roadblock right now. How willing is Green Bay to try to be flexible and make that money go away a little bit for the new team? If not, a team like the Jets could pivot to Derek Carr. So, you know, look, a couple things come immediately to mind. Not that it should be super surprising to anybody because we've all seen and heard the details of the contract and how it all kind of plays out. And so it shouldn't be surprising to anyone that this mammoth of a contract is somewhat of a disaster, but it it really just helps to illuminate that. Um, based on the fact that we can't even get teams to take Aaron Rodgers off our hands if he's willing to go um, because of the contract. And the second follow-up 
most obvious point here is if there are teams not willing to touch him, period, based on that contract, how in the world can we expect to get any form of serious compensation for him? Like, What if the Packers aren't willing to do anything? We really think that they're going to take the contract and give us a first? There are teams right now saying no, period, based on the contract. They're saying if you want us to take him, you have to eat some of his money. Because again, what, what have I said about the situation? If a team takes a player, I'm going to give you the compensation he's worth minus his contract. This is a massive contract. What is he worth just without any form? What, if, what would he be worth if he was free for one year? I, I think that's somewhat of an interesting question. Would you give up two first-round picks to have him for one year? I think there's a lot of teams that would. I don't know if I would. I, I, I guess you would if you thought you could win a Super Bowl. Would you give up three? Again, some teams probably would. I don't think so. This is for one year of Aaron Rodgers. I would probably give up one. I'm pretty stingy with my first-round picks. If I was a team that thought we had a legitimate shot, but then if I'm, if I'm a team that thinks we have a legitimate shot, why wouldn't I want to use the draft capital to try to build up a team that can win for a long time and not just try one year? That doesn't make a whole lot of sense. So the, the whole thing is stupid to me. But then add in this contract, because the funny thing is, it's like a three-year contract for one year of a player. Which is funny, because I just said, would you give up three first-round picks for one year of a player? This is kind of a similar thing. Would you pay three years of a contract for one year of a player? But either way, when you subtract the one first, two first, three first, whatever he's worth, minus this massive $60 million three-year contract, two-year, however you want to split it up, whether you're going to pay 30-30 or 20-20-20. Now, with all that said, um, it appears that Derek Carr is headed to the New Orleans Saints. So this is going to serve as a big positive for the Packers. And here's something else that's kind of interesting. It's just kind of hitting me, but we don't know for a fact that the Packers haven't been engaged in trade talks with Aaron Rodgers for some time. Maybe they even even had conversations, I don't know. But but as I said, if we're talking trade as opposed to him coming back or him retiring, this thing may drag on a little bit longer than what we thought. With this domino falling, the whatever interruptions there may have been, for example, let's say this report is what's going on with the Jets, where the Jets are like, look, we've got Derek Carr sitting here. We want you to either help us with this or we're just going to go with Carr because this is getting ridiculous. With Carr off the table, the Packers now have all the leverage and can go, interesting, here's the deal. I want a first and you take Rodgers and his contract or we'll go talk to somebody else. And the Jets are left high and dry, not getting their number one or number two quarterbacks. And after spending all this time promising your fans that you're going to go out and get a stud, you're going to come back with what? Garoppolo? I think if uh, Rodgers becomes available, I think it's a done deal. And I, and I think whatever the top end is, and I don't know what that is, maybe it's three first-round picks, maybe it's a conditional seventh, I don't know. But whatever the top is, I think we get it. Which means nothing, because again, I don't know what the top is. But hopefully what that means is that this Bleacher Report article can be shredded. And that the Packers aren't going to have to eat some of this money. Um, in order to be able to move him and get some kind of compensation. Anyways, uh, one final thing in regard to Aaron Rodgers. Here's an article, uh, Bally Sports, um, but is written by Mr. Michael Silver. I uh, just want to go through a couple pieces here. The, the first part is, is pretty funny because 
again, I have held the position that the Aaron Rodgers situation is so unbelievably similar to the Brett Favre situation that it's laughable to think otherwise. Some people vehemently disagree, and I cannot figure out why. But just to put another little feather in my cap, um, let me read the, I guess, second paragraph. In the midst of an NFL scouting combine replete with intriguing uh, intrigue surrounding the sports preeminent position, the Green Bay Packers president and CEO was reminded that the current uncertainty surrounding the future of Aaron Rodgers, a surefire first ballot Hall of Famer who may be on his way out of Titletown, bore some striking similarities to the Brett Favre saga, a.k.a. the summer of Favre in 2008. Yeah, Murphy said without breaking a stride, some things never change. So apparently Mark Murphy agrees that this is the same situation. Also, if you were of the opinion that maybe some of these reports were completely made up, that the Packers are not tired of Aaron Rodgers, this one would sting a little bit. I still don't know if I fully... I don't want to say I don't believe it. It's just a matter of what exactly is happening and and is disgust maybe is too strong of a word. But to have Mark Murphy strolling down the strolling down the hallway and just being like, so it looks like you got another Brett Favre situation on your hand. And he goes, yeah, man, some things never change. It's not exactly like an encouraging, like, oh, no, no, I love this. This is great. It's a freaking tell me about it response. It's an annoyed response, right? I mean, it's, it's all in good natured fun, but it's not a, uh, no, we love this. This is great. This is what we hope happens every year. Of course they think this sucks. And so, you know, but again, I'm, I'm, you're always looking for that that thing that felt like we were feeling a couple years ago where every time something was, or not even a last year, things were brought up about Rodgers. The, the tone was, no, 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 no. Rodgers is great. Oh, no, no, it's great. Now it's kind of like you poke the bear a little bit, like, so, freaking Rodgers. And they're like, yeah, dude, tell me about it. Like, whoa, what? <laughs> I thought, you'd, thought, thought you weren't saying stuff like that or something. I don't know. I don't I, maybe you do. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. But uh, the art, you know, and this is, this is always the hard part about these articles because it's hard to know where they're getting their information from. My assumption is there are only one or two actual nuggets. And those would be, for example, the Tom Silverstein report and the Bob McGinn report. And, and the validity of those, I don't even know. How much more has been added to this? I don't know. Maybe there's just buzz going everywhere. Maybe Mark Murphy and Brian Gutekunst and these guys were talking openly in Indy and everybody has their own little individual reports. But I think there's also a good chance that guys like uh, Mike Silver here are just regurgitating information we already know. But it's hard to know. For example, a little further down, it says, more significantly, the Packers are exhausted by the combination of Rodgers' high-maintenance persona and what they perceive to have been his low-commitment leadership over the past 12 months. Is this new information that he's adding, or is this telling us what we already know? I don't know. The paragraph before it says, the Packers appear to be ready to hand things over to Jordan Love. This is not so much because they can believe uh, Love can continue their unprecedented three-plus decade streak of first ballot Hall of Fame quarterbacking, though coaches say that the 2020 first-round pick has greatly improved from his choppy first two NFL seasons. So the Packers appear to be, well, appear, blah, 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 blah. However, then he goes on to say, as one high-level Packers source put it to me recently, and by the way, there's people on Twitter that are just being stupid, like, oh, I guess this is another source that's making things up. No, dumb-dumb. There's a difference between, I think the Packers wouldn't trade to an NFC team, but I don't really know. I'm just making this up off the top of my head, and saying, as one high-level Packers source put it to me, and if you can't see the difference between that, you're telling on yourself. Anyways... As one high-level Packers source put it to me recently, the days of begging Rodgers to return on his terms, which was essentially the organization's approach during each of the previous two seasons, are over. Which is kind of what I've been saying. You just get the impression. Well, it, it, and it's not, even, it's not even so much an impression. Gutekunst more or less said, I don't remember his exact words, but certain things that he had said during his pre- press conference definitely gave the impression that, somewhere between impression and he outright said it, again, I don't remember the exact words, but... It's, it's, it's going to be, if you come back, here are the terms. And they're our terms, period. But as one high-level Packers source put it to me, the days of begging Rodgers to return on his terms are over. If the 39-year-old quarterback tells his bosses he wants to return and commit to a single-minded quest for a second championship, they'd be receptive. Anything short of that, however, would leave them less than enthused. Now, again, what exactly does that mean? Does he just have to come back and say it? Now, again, I've, as I've already said, first of all, you will be at training camp. You're going to be there. And, and by the way, the, 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 the role you take as a leader will change. And I don't think Rogers is going to want to do that. Again, he's already mocked the idea that he should be 
uh, that he should be talking and hanging out with the young guys. He thinks it's absurd that he should have to go to uh, training camp and, and to do all these things that are not required. He doesn't need to be there. He thinks preseason is stupid and absurd. So then that leads you to another question. Is he, is he actually going to agree to these things and then come and do it and be enthused about it? Or are you going to have an attitude about it? Because I don't want you coming back just infecting everybody with a chip on you like I'm here because I have to be. Sort of the Marshawn Lynch, I'm just doing this so I don't get fined thing. Because I don't want that either. I want you to want to do it. In other words, if Rodgers were to come back to me, it's not just a matter of, okay, if you want to come back, here are the rules. Are you willing to abide by them? I want you to come to me and tell me, listen, I was wrong. I wasn't focused. I wasn't doing these things. I need to be in better shape. I need this. I need this. I need this. Right? I need to be... Because if you're not the one that wants to do these things, I don't want to have to tell you that you're required to do them. Because that's not the Aaron Rodgers I want. I want the Aaron Rodgers that wants to be in the best shape that he can be in. The Aaron Rodgers that wants to spend the entire offseason just studying film, working with the younger guys, working on your body, working on your diet, working on this. Not out in the mountains doing freaking drugs. If you want to get to know yourself and unlock your mind to your full spiritual potential, do that after your career. I know it's the offseason, but we only got a couple months until we're playing football again. And I've got a guy that's locked and loaded and ready to go. Physically, mentally, spiritually, emotionally, he's ready. His priorities are on football. His priorities are being the leader of this team and taking us to a Super Bowl because he's a young, what else is, what, what else is there for him? The, the, the idea that he wouldn't show up anytime the doors are open are so patently absurd to a guy like Jordan Love that it doesn't even need to be discussed. And that's how you should be. Aaron Rodgers. The idea that when the doors are open, you're not going to be there is absurd to you. The idea that you're going to do something other than try everything that you can possibly do, you know, like every cheesy 80s movie where somebody had an injury and then has to come back, you know, some fighting movie or like Rocky or whatever, you're getting your body ready and that's all you do. You wake up, right? You crack an egg, throw it into a glass, tip it back, Go on a 10-mile Muhammad Ali run boxing, and you're going to run over to Christian Watson's house and meet Romeo Dobbs there, and you're going to go out and start throwing footballs around. And by the way, that's what you're going to demand. Not just show up in September and then scowl at Christian Watson when you guys aren't on the same page because you didn't do jack squat to facilitate it. Ugh, why don't you just know this already? I know it. Why don't you know it, stupid? You know what I mean, though? Like that, that's, that's who I want to be here. And if you're that guy, all right, cool. Let's, I guess we'll run it back. I don't personally agree, but if the Packers, that seems to be where they're at, according to this and whatever. I don't know. Who knows which of these reports are real or are more accurate than the others? I don't know. I saw Big B, who broke the broken thumb thing, put something on social media about uh, Rodgers wants to return and the Packers want him back, and then he deleted it. So I, whatever, dude. I don't know what's going on. But I'm, just for the sake of conversation, it's not just a, a, good enough to say, here are the four things I'd like you to do. And he goes, fine. No. Nope. Not good enough. We need, we need to be in agreement that the things that I wrote on this piece of paper are things that we both agree are critical to the success of the football team. And that you not only agree that you need to do it, but you have a strong desire to do it. And if you don't, I don't want you here period. And you shouldn't want to be here because if you don't want what's on this list, then you don't want football. 
right? Again, there's a big difference between loving the idea of being a champion and actually being a champion. I know you love the idea of being a champion. So does everybody. But are you willing to be the guy that's going to put in the work to actually be it? Or do you just not want to let it go because you don't want to be sitting on the couch going, oh man, that could have been me. I wish I didn't quit. I wish I'd have played one more year. You don't want to just be that guy. I'm sorry. That's your cross to bear. That's not mine. I'm not bringing you back just because you can't let go yet. And I'm not going to beg you to do anything. In fact, I'm not even going to ask you. I just want to know where you're at. And if where you're at is here, in other words, I'm not not even going to demand anything. I'm just going to ask you, what what are your thoughts on these issues? And unless there is a resounding, I didn't do enough, I need to be better, I need to be here when the doors are open, I need to be working harder, I need to be doing this, I need to take a stronger leadership role, and you actually believe it and mean it, then there's nothing for us to talk about. Goes on to say, that explains general manager Brian Gutekunst's much-dissected comment during the Combine press conference last Tuesday about, quote, making sure it's the right fit. That's exactly it. You know, when, when, when Brian Gutekunst talks about finding the right guys for the locker room, finding the right guys for our culture, that's what Aaron Rodgers is going to be going through. That's what he needs to go through. I need to find out if you're the right guy for this football team. We're looking for, for the right kind of energy, the right kind of everything, right? Go down the list, all these things. These are the things we want our football players to be. It's insane to me that we think that these guys should, should be anything other than the most psychotically focused, just insatiable beings on planet Earth. Nothing is going to stop them. They live and sleep and eat football. Championship. I don't even care if you just want the money. Fine. Fine. So long as you understand the only way you get there is if this locker room is where it needs to be. It's not about you being a superstar. It's about this team. Do your best on the field and in the locker room, and you're going to get your money. We're going to get the championships. You're going to get the fame. You're going to get the Hall of Fame. You're going to get the money. You're going to get all of it. But you put in the work with your team, and you put in your work on the field, and I can get you there. I don't care what your motivation is, so long as it's a high level of motivation. If I have to beg you to walk in the freaking door, you're not the guy. It goes on to say, and I didn't even know this, but again, I don't know why quarterbacks wouldn't do this. Says Rodgers, however, skipped the Packers' voluntary offseason program. Not the first time he'd done so, but still a rarity for a franchise quarterback. Whereas the Kansas City Chiefs' Patrick Mahomes made a point of hosting his receivers for informal throwing sessions in Texas before OTAs, Rodgers elected not to do so, interacting uh, interacting with his new targets only at mandatory minicamp. Again, and this is what I've been saying. If you're, why wouldn't you do this? I remember that was a thing. The only person I'd heard about doing this was Russell Wilson in the offseason. He would. Uh, they would all go out to someplace, I don't know, and throw together. They would practice together in the offseason. And now this is saying, yeah, Pat Mahomes before OTAs, that he hosts his receivers, gets them all. And again, you're a multi-bajillionaire. Right? Jalen Hurts, it might be a little tougher. I know he's got some money, but it's not like, hey, I'm going to fly you guys all out here. It's kind of... But I mean, if you're Aaron Rodgers, like I will put you all on private planes and fly you out to a place in the freaking Bahamas. I don't care where it is but we're going to work together and we're going to hang out and we're, yeah, I understand there's an age gap, big freaking deal. Like what is this thing where you can't interact with a 25 year old? What? Cause you don't like the same music. You can't, like, what are you from a different country? Even if you're from a different country, you should be able to interact with people. I don't understand that. You of all people, you met with the Dalai Lama, but you can't interact with Romeo Dobbs. Really? Okay. Why? Cause you listen to different music. He doesn't like Pearl Jam. Come on, dude. But yeah, you know what? We're going to go out. We're going to spend 
a month together. I don't give a crap. What, what do you think Romeo Dobbs is going to say no to a month-long vacation at some resort? And we're going to eat freaking steaks. We're going to work out. We're going to throw together. And at night, we're going to freaking party. I don't care what we do. We're going to go out to the beach. We're going to, I mean, it's going to be wild. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be fun. But you know what? We're going to be bonding. We're going to be working together. We're going to be studying the playbook. We're going to be all this. Why wouldn't you do, do it for a week? Do it for a day. I don't care. But what do we get? <laughs> what, talk to a 25-year-old? Are you serious? Gross. <laughs> should we should we wear pajamas and have a pillow fight? <laughs> okay, champ. Reminds me of middle school when we used to laugh at the nerd who got an A on his test. <laughs> you got an A, you nerd. <laughs> what did you try, you loser? That's that's all I hear when I hear Aaron Rodgers and a bunch of other old washed up players talk about how stupid it would be to try to bond with the younger players on the team. Wow, what did you, like, learn stuff, you idiot? <laughs> You're so lame, bro. What do you, like, listen to the teacher, you freaking narc? <laughs> I didn't exactly talk like that, but that, that was me and my friend group in, in middle school. If you did well, you were an idiot. What do you try? What do you care about your life, you dork? You're such a nerd. And, of course, you'd always have to backpedal it if you got, like, an A on a test. Like, dude, I didn't even try his class as a joke. <laughs> I literally guessed and got an A. I did it with my eyes closed. I'm the luckiest guy in the world, I swear. What, do you hang out with rookies, you loser? No, dude, I was, I was at the bar, and they just walked in. Man, I didn't even see him. If I would have seen him, I would have ran out the back door. You know what I'm saying? I don't go near rookies. They're stupid. What is this? It's childish. Continuing the article. Not surprisingly, the Packers started the 2022 season slowly, with Rodgers struggling to develop chemistry with his new receivers, go figure, and often appearing visibly frustrated with the rookies. It was almost worse that Rodgers seemed to turn it on down the stretch, leading Green Bay to four consecutive victories with its season on the line before losing to the Detroit Lions, blah, 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 a defeat that cost the Packers a playoff berth. Some of Rodgers' bosses felt that the late run proved their point that had their quarterback been so invested from the get-go, the season would, ha would have proceeded far differently. I'll add the, uh, the caveat for the 700th time. I don't know exactly what this means. I don't know where he's getting this information from. Some of Rodgers' bosses felt that essentially this proved their point. Who are Rodgers' bosses? Well, you got his quarterback coach, who we assume is not saying any of this. You got Lafleur, who I would really doubt is saying this because... Again, as much as I feel like Gutekunst and Mark Murphy seem to be on the same page, Matt LaFleur seems to be the biggest clinger honor to Aaron Rodgers of anybody. Could be wrong, just a vibe, I don't know. Who else would be next in line here? Who else would, be, who, who else would you call Rodgers' boss? Offensive coordinator? Gutekunst? So it's just interesting when, in, when the article lists his bosses, some of his bosses. There's not that many to even choose from. I can think of five people that you could incorrectly call his boss. <laughs> and any one of those would be massive. Where are you hearing this from? Then he goes on to kind of give his own insights, because again, we've had multiple different takes on this. One is obviously the, the Jets are gung-ho, over the moon, going to give up every single thing for them. Um, some that list four, five, six teams. Some that say it's down to one. The Raiders obviously being a... A weird one, some saying they're completely out, others that they're very much in. But he says, um, 
Let's start with the likely suitors. High-level sources at the Raiders and San Francisco 49ers. So that the first part is the most important part. To be very clear for those people that have a really hard time keeping up, saying, I think, as opposed to according to high-level sources, is a big difference. Try to keep up, please. High-level sources at Raiders and San Francisco 49ers, two teams who've been mentioned as potential trade options. I've never, ever heard of the 49ers as a potential trade option, but okay have told me, so this isn't through the grapevine, this is high-level sources told me directly that making a run at him is highly unlikely. It's possible that Raiders owner Mark Davis would spearhead a push for the quarterback with David, uh, with general manager Dave Ziegler, likely feeling out the Packers to see what deal would look like, but at this point, Rodgers coming to Las Vegas feels like a long shot. If I had to guess, who would be your guess that told him that? I would say it's Dave Ziegler. I mean, it's the highest level that it could be. But it would make sense that that would come right from Dave himself, wouldn't it? He's basically saying it's unlikely. However, it's possible the owner would push me to do it, in which case my job would be to kind of feel out what their interest is. That also would mean that that hasn't happened yet, meaning the answer is no as of right now unless the owner pushes for it. Anyways, goes on to say the Jets, who recently hosted a free agent visit with Derek Carr, blah, 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 doesn't matter because he's now a saint have a high level of interest in Rodgers with a talented team hamstrung by poor quarterback play and third-year head coach Robert Sala under pressure to win now, the Jets bringing Rodgers to Florham Park makes a lot of sense. Even if all parties concerned are up for that, the Jets, the Packers, and Rodgers, it would still require some haggling. According to this article, he's basically saying it's kind of an either-or, based on what we talked about earlier with the contract. It's possible that they could trade him for less than a first. It's also possible that they could eat some of this contract in order to get more compensation. Again, interesting that he says it's somewhat of an either-or. Rodgers' leverage also means he could push the Packers to trade him to a team they'd prefer not play for, such as an NFC rival, which is hilarious because not only is he saying it's a possibility, but he's not talking about the NFC. He said an NFC rival. Just because you're in the NFC doesn't make you a rival. Just throwing that out there. 49ers general manager John Lynch, so again, he is talking to general managers, he's quoting general manager John Lynch here, says, I feel the whole league is in limbo. Everybody is waiting for that first domino to fall, which again is interesting because the first domino just fell with Derek Carr. So now it feels like the floodgates are going to potentially bust open. Another little tidbit in here, um, kind of in the middle, it says the Packers believe that Rodgers somewhat checked out on them after signing his Three-year, $150.8 million contract extension last March, ending weeks worth of uncertainty about his future. So, I mean, it it kind of sounds like they committed to a different Rodgers than they got. They made, you know, they they finally, if you think about it, how, how ticked off would you be? Like, I, you really, really are kind of apprehensive about signing him to a contract that he wants. And the contract that he wants is a contract that basically gives Rodgers control over his future. He was angry that the Packers would not give him a uh, contract that gave him security. In other words, they wanted to make sure that whatever contract he had, although they were willing to pay him a lot of money, essentially, if we decided it was time to move on, it's time to move on. Rodgers didn't like that. And he kicked and he screamed. And finally, the Packers are like, you know what? You put up the numbers, you put in the work, you you showed us this stuff. If you're going to get back to MVP form, I guess fine, you know, fine, we'll we'll do it, we'll pull the trigger. And then as soon as he signs it, you don't get the Rodgers that you wanted anymore. Again, I understand that's not everybody's contention, that, you know, he didn't do anything wrong. He played hard, he did everything he could do, he broke his thumb, and, and his team sucks. 
his coach is garbage, his wide receivers are garbage, his tight ends are garbage, his offensive line is garbage, whatever all the excuses are, fine. But according to all the actual reports that seem to be coming out, the Packers don't agree with that assessment. Maybe those reports are garbage, I don't know. But according to the reports, the Packers don't agree. They feel like Rodgers cashed it in and made him look like, Gutekunst in particular, look like a complete jagoff. Because he went against his better judgment. He knew not to do this. He knew he should have rolled with Jordan Love, the guy that he wanted, the guy that he drafted, the guy that they've been getting ready to go. And Jordan Love shows up, and he's looking good, and he's ready to go. And instead, you've got Aaron Rodgers out there making you look like a jerk-off. I might be a little annoyed by that. Missing out on a pretty critical window with uh, some of the guys that you've got, some of the talent that you have. And by the way, some of the talent you don't have because of the contract completely restructuring everybody else on the team so that all the other contracts are suboptimal just to accommodate you. Keeping players that we'd like to get rid of. Getting rid of players that we'd like to keep to accommodate you. I don't know, man. I, I find it to be simple. It's a young man's game, and if, if you're one of the few people who is a perfect blend of freakish ability and an ungodly, insatiable hunger to be the best in the world, then we want you. If you're not, then we don't. I don't know, man. Seems like a pretty easy equation to me. I mean, and we've we've heard about this before too. I mean, it's it's a cutthroat league, and everybody understands that. There's always somebody that's younger and hungrier and stronger and faster that's looking to come and take your job. And as you get older, you you, you get slower. You you get more expensive. You don't get better. And you know, kudos to Rogers for staving off the inevitable for as long as he has by doing the impossible, winning back-to-back MVPs as he did. But you can't seriously expect him to put together the performance that he put together last year and be able to stave off the younger, hungrier, more talented people. Yeah, mentally he's all there and he's really talented or whatever, but there's a lot more to football than that. And again, one of the biggest things that I think I've taken away from this whole thing is what we've all known this whole time, which is that football is a team sport, but just really understanding that. We call it a team sport, but we want a collection of superstars, not understanding that that's not what makes a team. It doesn't hurt, but you have to have a team. The Lions have a team full of people that are not good at football. The Packers have a collection of really good players, and the Lions swept us. And that needs to be the focus for the, for the Packers moving forward, is finding a group of guys that are going to come together as a team in that locker room giving people the space to be able to step up and step in as leaders. I think there's people that are ready to take that mantle. But again, and I, I don't think it was ever going to happen when you had the hierarchy that we had in the past. That was Aaron Rodgers and Randall Cobb and, and these guys that said, we are the top guys. And, you know, it's not that you can't have a voice, but you're not going to usurp my role as leader of this team. That's not going to happen. And so we had this leadership structure that's goal was to basically just do nothing. And to quote unquote lead by example, whatever that means. I think it means I'm not going to do anything, but I'm going to try to play well, but then not play super well and then treat everyone like crap that doesn't play up to my standards. And then, you know, that's leadership. Stupid. Anyways, there's also a, uh, another Tyler Dunn, not article, but podcast, but I don't want to, we don't really have a lot of time to go through all that today. So we will save that for tomorrow. I also have, um, some combine stuff I'd like to get to, but you know, obviously these things take time. So uh, we'll get there when we get there. And uh, since there's not enough time to really cover anything else in good enough detail, I'm just going to leave you with that. So you guys have a good rest of your day. I will talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye.